You're listening to the Nixon Now Podcast. I'm Jonathan Mavroidis. This is brought to you by the Nixon Foundation. We're broadcasting from the Richard Nixon Presidential Library in Yerba Linda, California. You can follow us on Twitter at Nixon Foundation or at nixonfoundation.org. This July marks the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. To commemorate that anniversary, the Nixon Library has a new interactive special exhibit that includes actual artifacts from the moon landing. It opened this week and it runs through the year. It's called Apollo 11, One Giant Leap for Mankind. On this edition of the Nixon Now Podcast, we're in studio with the exhibit creators, William Maple, its chief designer, and Shelley Simone, its researcher and writer. William, Shelley, welcome. Thank Hello. you. Thank you. We're on the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Um, at this point in time, why do you think this the story is so meaningful for America? I'll start with you, Shelley. Well, the story is a celebration of thousands of people who worked together on one goal, to land man on the moon. And for those of us who were alive during um, this period, it was a joyous memory. And I remember um, I was nine years old at the time, and my father called me in and called all of us. He said, come in, kids, and there were six of us you're going to see this historic event. And I remember watching it on the black and white, you know, it was black and white in black and white from a console um, television, much like what we have in the, in the exhibit in the 1969 room. And so for younger generations, however, the Apollo 11 exhibit is an opportunity to learn about this tremendous um, historical event. William, what do you think, what do you, what did you hope to convey in the design of this exhibit? Well, two things. Um, yesterday, we were opening it up for the first time, and there were a couple hundred children out front, but also their parents and grandparents. And I asked the question, asked for a raise of hands, how many of you remember where you were when we landed on the moon? And of course, the whole audience of young fourth graders and so forth didn't raise their hands, but many of the adults surrounding them did. And uh, what I wanted to convey is that one is that there's a whole generation that doesn't know this story, but also there's a generation that does remember the success of this and, and sort of the mentoring and, and sharing. This is what we experienced. This was throughout the world a joyful experience, and it's not taught in schools, and I hope that they'll learn and share this and remember this um, before that generation's lost. Shelley, we'll start with you, but William, jump in. Could you take us through the writing, research, and design process upon, uh, behind Apollo 11, One Giant Leap for Mankind? Sure. Um, we started um, with a storyline, um, as we always do with, with exhibits. And um, so from, from that outline, that storyline, we began to research. And um, just part of the research was looking at um, stories that would tell about the experience of, of the astronauts and, and of the people involved in, in uh, creating um, the technology um, that it took to go to the moon. And from that point, then, we had to brainstorm um, artifacts. What would we use to show our story? And um, what would best tell the story um, for the audience? And um, for design, we knew we had to limit the story. Um, so sometimes it hurt, it hurt, but we had to cut some things because we were limited to the space uh, that we had. But we tried best to cover it from beginning, the space war, you know, with, with the Soviet Union, to, um, to what's going even now on with uh, space travel, with, with, uh, with, uh, with international space tra travel available. William, do you have anything to add in terms of the design process? Shelley and I have worked on several projects together over 
many years. Um, one of them was her telling the story of Barbara Bush over at the Bush Library in the Gulf War. And there's been a lot of challenging stories, but usually we have someone who's a doctorate, you know, and, and to keep us accountable and so forth. And this was a rare co-curatorship um, of this project. So it was a whole nother line of uh, responsibility, but uh, there were tremendous hours in researching a lot of technical information, but we wanted to give it a human face. So there may be 10,000 photos that had to be sorted through that, um, thankfully, NASA provides without usage rights, but to go through and find the image that gives it a, a human story that even though we want to address STEM, we want to motivate. And what we do is interpretive design. There's a lot of data, but how do you interpret that so that somebody cares and says, you know, provide an answer for so what? Why should you care about this? And that that's what we had hoped to do in this exhibit. Shelley, you had mentioned the story arc. Uh, what is the first? Um, what is the first thing that you see, um, William, when you when you uh, enter the exhibit? Um, we start this new. Usually, people came in one door, so I came up with the, the crazy idea of, of a one-way track through the exhibit. So we utilized a hallway that really wasn't meant for exhibit space. But what you do see is a contrast in worldviews. There's a communist USSR Soviet view, which is this is kind of a militarized approach to top down and the other side is is America's view that this is a capitalist and it's a civilian endeavor and it shows who is winning and what approach um, drives the results and at the end we do win so it's a wonderful start of this is a cold war and a lot of uh, younger people and and uh, don't realize the severity of that. Um, at the end of the hallway, we have a blinking um, Sputnik at the end that um, sort of sets the stage for they're winning. They have a um, satellite up in space, and we need to address that. And that's the next stage of that is Kennedy addressing what do we do. This is a presidential library. Um, so I'd like to talk about the presidency a little bit. Um, how does how does presidential leadership um get portrayed in your exhibit, specifically, you know, the Cold War presidents, uh, Presidents Kennedy, uh, Johnson, and President Nixon? Well, we did want to um, feature the presidents who are involved in it, and it started really with President Eisenhower, um, who established um, the rudimentary space program. Um, and then, of course, with President Kennedy, he clearly defined um, the the goal in his speech, we choose to go to the moon. And um, he, he had those that specific goal of going to the moon and returning safely. And he used that great line, we choose to go to the moon. Um, and from, from there, um, President Johnson continued his work. And then, of course, with President Nixon, um, he honored President Johnson um, by naming the Space Center in Houston after after that president, um, after Johnson. Um, and then President Nixon was president, of course, during all the, the Apollo missions. So we did want to show historically the president's involvement in this and the battle that they were waging against the Soviets um, with the Cold War. We're in the center of Southern California here in Yorba Linda, uh, Williams. This is a... Um, in this exhibit, there is a Southern California angle um, that's important to the Apollo mission. Could you touch upon that a little bit? 
I grew up in Orange County back when we had orange groves, and I watched a transition from early 60s on moving from agriculture to aerospace. And I can't tell you how many of my neighbors, even family members, worked in the aerospace industry. Shelley's father did, so did my mother. Um, So I wanted to honor their work. There were 400,000 people, roughly, that worked on getting a man to the moon, but a significant percentage, a higher percentage, were in Southern California. And I'd, I'd love to know more about Nixon's involvement in that. You know, how did it end up here? Was it just because we had wonderful weather? And it's a whole nother level of, of what we could do exhibitry about. But um, part of my family's urban folktales is, and my grandfather told me this directly, is that he loaned the money to Arnold Beckman to start his company. And so wonderfully, we have the Beckman Foundation loaned us some of their artifacts to convey this was done locally. And we couldn't cover all the companies, but this evoked how many, and it was a great example of of Southern California's contributions. Another angle is um, STEM and the idea of scientific research the challenge here is making STEM palatable for a for a general audience. Uh, could you describe the process behind that, Shelley? Well, William talked about putting a human face to STEM, and we wanted to do that by um, l- looking at um, the people involved. And so um, we talk um, in part of the exhibit um, about um, the people who created the code, um, the workers, um, and uh, we... We have a map of California with um, all kinds. It, it, it shows all the different companies involved. So we wanted to get people to, to understand that um, there's people behind the technology. And so we have Margaret Hamilton as an example. But um, I liked what, especially what, what um, and this was really, really William's idea, was having, um, showing the engineers in, in, in there working and, and bringing in a table um, that they used and, and showing the protractors and all the different tools that they used. Um, so early STEM things that would give students and, and people who didn't know about this time period um, kind of just a vision into the a window into it. One of the large titles in the exhibit um, says National Purpose. What did what did you mean by that? Well, that began really with President Kennedy. He set up what we needed to do to dominate the space race. Um, and what what he created was not just a military purpose and a military aspect of it. It was everybody getting involved in this goal um, to go to the moon. And, um, and I think that's people bought into that national purpose and felt pride in, in what we were doing and elation when we finally did it, when we, when we landed a man on the moon and had, um, and, and returned them safely. William, could you tell us a little bit about the artifacts, um, in this exhibit? Uh, what, what artifacts did you find, uh, to put in this exhibit and uh, how are they acquired? Exhibits in uh, one of the main textures in an exhibition, there's there's the word, there's media and so forth, but artifacts are the evidence that something happened. It's, it's very tangible. So there's a request we put out for artifacts throughout the country, you know, saying that this is the anniversary, but unfortunately everybody else put the same call out. So it was quite a challenge to receive things, everything from Smithsonian to Johnson, um, 
center in terms of what we could get and, and how quickly we needed to get them. But um, we originally went through your archive here at the, the Nixon Foundation at Nixon Library and uh, dug through what I did know originally from, from doing previous exhibits here. We knew we had the phone. We knew we had the hard hat. But um, I, sometimes you feel like Indiana Jones digging through just treasure. We don't know what's down there. And sometimes Christine from the um, NARA will reveal things to us. But one of them was what I thought was a toy spaceship, uh, the, the space shuttle. And after looking at the photo for quite a while, I had rejected that, thinking it was a bad gift, that I realized in the photo when he reveals the space shuttle program in San Clemente that that was the original artifact um, as evidence of Nixon initiating this program. But I didn't know the, the treasure that we had down below until I looked at the photo further. Did you get any participation from, from NASA? Yes, and from the Smithsonian, um, from Johnson Space Center, um, we we received the space, uh, the Apollo seventeen space rock. There were, there was a lot of the the X fifteen um, uniform. We also received the uh, limb training module, the the control arm for the one that Armstrong almost passed away and crashed, you know, and, and died. So we have that. So the, I wanted really tangible things to augment everything else that, that you receive in the room. Well, could you tell us a little bit about the, what I think is really cool is this virtual reality experience in the exhibit. That wasn't originally part of the design, and, and I'd probably uh, have less gray hair and make more money doing rubber stamp exhibits, but it was one of those that evolved, and I was listening to a lighting podcast like this one and the um, about my CAD program, and they said for their VIP clients, they put on a headset and walk them through their uh, space. I thought, wait, can we walk through this space? And I could control or make a lunar lander in CAD, and you could walk through that. But my youngest son, without his help, and I hired him about a year earlier, Luke, um, I gave him the assignment of figuring out how to get my program into his headset uh, for gaming. Embarrassed to state that. But uh, he was successful. And then I thought, well, Maybe there are games out there that we could do too. And we found a company in Ireland that produced educational software. And after several months of discussion, they allowed us to use their program, which is the amazing program upstairs that Rick Armstrong walked through um, in our demo. And he recognized and saw things or saw things for the first time they had never seen the grainy black and white images and so forth. So it was, I I've seen 80 year old, 90 year old ladies uh, put that headset on lately and just are so ecstatic and having so much fun. So it's, it's a wonderful element a texture that we just have not done before. What other multimedia elements are included? There's the launch pad, which is really fun. I wanted to give people a sense of, you see old photos where everyone's watching a giant public event of, you know, quite often a disaster, but in this case, something very positive, which was moon launch. And so we have some vintage looking televisions and, and so forth. But that was a multimedia program that is all being fed from one source and branched out to the different monitors that all have to show launch in a store window window from various angles and um, Sean Hall produced that and did the editing and the other 
things I want to show the giddy part of President Nixon meeting with the astronauts at the conclusion of this. You don't see Richard Nixon, I've ever seen, as joyful. And so are the astronauts, you know, as, as you see inside of the quarantine uh, airstream. And so to see that in that window, that environment was really fun to add. Getting back to the theme of presidential leadership, you met, you mentioned uh, Nixon meeting the astronauts in the quarantine um, area. Early on in the exhibit, um, Richard Nixon, we see Richard Nixon in the kitchen debate with that famous kitchen debate in 1959 with Nikita Khrushchev. What is the common thread of Richard Nixon throughout the, throughout the exhibit? Well, I think he was tough during the Soviet, um, during the Cold War. I, I, I think he called the Soviets out on things, and um, we saw that in the kitchen debate, and um, he wasn't afraid to kind of tangle and go at it. Um, and he was extremely involved in the space program. Um, he uh, we saw him develop relationships with the astronauts. Um, we see that, especially with that call to the moon. Um, he was delighted to talk to them. He celebrated them after they returned. They went on a worldwide tour. He was also terribly aware of the dangers of the mission. And um, we see that in the speech that he had prepared, which he never had to give, and that is in case of moon disaster. So I think he, his, his, his heart was into the space program, and he, he enjoyed it. And we see that especially, um, just the, the delight he had uh, when he's uh, on the USS Hornet um, and celebrating the, the, the astronauts there. The 1960s really captures um, an interest in space and the space program. How did you convey the theme of the 1960s in this whole exhibit experience? What I want to convey is how rudimentary uh, technology was. And this is something my son, Luca, when he was working with me, pointed out. They did this on drafting tables. They drew this by hand. They used slide rules. uh, He he was dumbfounded by that because today you can pick up your phone and you have a calculator. You know, the the Texas Instruments was just introducing the calculators. They're very expensive and rare items at the time. So um, one of the things you want to do with a visitor is, again, give it a sense of humanity that... um, this was what we were working with at the time. So in the store window, we have flashbulb cameras and, and cassette tapes were just coming on online at the time. That was state-of-the-art technology. But what you want to do is connect with a visitor, uh, be a visitor's advocate. And if they point out, I had one of those, you know, I remember this, you, you've known you've uh, touched something that that's special in them. And so in... Um, we have the drafting table inside of the drawers that are, you know, you can pull out. We want people to see that and in the drafting arm to connect that way. But also um, in the store window, uh, we have Instamatic camera. The Polaroids are just coming online. And in a room, a living room, where we watch uh, the call to the, the moon men, the, the man on the moon is, is uh, Juliet Nixon Eisenhower, uh, discusses her quotes in there. Um, we have... World Book Encyclopedia, which was the Google at the time. You know, we have the resin grapes that my dad made, the macrame that my mom made, and and uh, the style and flavor of colors at the time. And there was we actually actually we embrace it. 
cigarettes and ashtrays. It was alcohol and ashtrays were everywhere at the time. And then you have the black, black and white set with 13 channels. That's all you were given. You didn't have Netflix at the time. So people were watching this. We wanted to share that the entire world was probably watching this on black and white a television in their living room. Last week, I spoke with um, James Donovan, who's the author of the new book, Shoot for the Moon. And his story arc begins with Sputnik, and it ends with the moon landing. He says that he argues that that is the um, end of the space race. Um, Is there a way that this is portrayed in this exhibit? We show that um, in, in that section where we say what the Soviets achieved first. And if you look at that list on the wall, they did everything. I mean, they um, they had the first man, Yuri Gagarin, uh, orbit the Earth. They had um, the first woman in space. They were doing everything before we did. And um, we were losing the Cold War. And then when we were able to pull off this amazing Apollo 11 mission where we took three astronauts up and two walked on the moon and all three returned safely, um, the Soviets then dropped out of, of the race. It was over, and we had won. And it was just a tremendous a moment in history for us. Um, and I think the United States felt it. We, we, were, we were elated and joyful. William, could you tell us about some of the big things that will pop out of visitors when they, when they, visit, the, um, when they visit this new ex- exhibition? Starting early on, and it's not big, and that's the whole point of it, is Sputnik's only two-foot diameter. So we have a two-scale Sputnik hanging from the ceiling, being very intimidating, and it's you know blinking red light. And it indicates that people didn't really see this when they claimed they saw this in the sky, because two-foot diameter um, BB you probably not see. Um, as you come around the corner, you'll see a space capsule to scale. And to give you a sense of the magnitude, there's a 3D printed Saturn V. And on the top of it is a low-grade capsule to give you a sense of this enormous rocket. This is the capsule. So, you know, we couldn't fit a Satellite V in the, in the whole room. But that that's something that we wanted to explain is, is this little capsule was on top and it fit in return, these astronauts. As you come around the corner, we created a two-scale um, Ar- Armstrong taking his first step on the moon sculpture along with the, the leg and ladder of the limb, the, the lunar module. And so hopefully it was a photo opportunity to give people a sense of being there, the environment. We changed out the carpet and so forth, and that's in the room with the virtual reality. We also created the living room to kind of immerse you into the 60s, and then there's the quarantine unit to think of what would it be like to spend 21 days with uh, two other individuals in this environment. So it's it, a lot of textures that we added to it that are large to give you a sense of environment. On what note does the visitor leave? My hope is that there's a pride in what we accomplished, you know, not, not an arrogant pride, but because it took 400 Americans to pull this off. Quite often we look at, you know, was America ever great? You know, was, is it exceptional? And 
the, the flag salute at the end of this um, exhibit conveys that. And we we're hoping that people will take a photo with themselves. I've seen a lot of people do so. Just very thrilled about, wow, I forgot about this part of our history. We don't teach this. We don't talk about it anymore. Here's 50 years later. and Please discuss it. Share with your grandchildren. I remember this. Shelley, what do you hope visitors get from their experience when they come to the Nixon Library to see Apollo 11, One Giant Leap for Mankind? I'd like them to learn about America's exciting history with space travel and know that our achievements in space were something that we need to, that we celebrated and that we need to continue to celebrate. And um, that that feeling of achievement needs to be passed down to future generations. Our guests in studio today are William Maple and Shelley DeSimone, creators of the new special exhibition at the Richard Nixon Presidential Library, Apollo 11, One Giant Leap for Mankind. Thank you both for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Please check back for future podcasts at nixonfoundation.org or on your favorite podcast app. This is Jonathan Mavroidis and your Belinda. Belinda.